Welcome to the Rain in Threes podcast with Alan Ray and Mike O'Connell. Hello and welcome to the latest installment of Rain in Threes. I am your host, Mike O'Connell, here with my friend and co-host, the Nova Hoops legend, Alan Ray. A-Ray and I have another special guest for you tonight, the two-time ACC Coach of the Year, former head coach of Long Beach State, USF and Virginia Tech, and now college basketball analyst at ESPN, the great Seth Greenberg. Coach, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing tonight? Any better? I couldn't stand myself sitting here to talk ball with you guys. I mean, Al Durant probably tried to recruit him. He gave me no time. You know, and that's just the way it is. But I still come on the pot. <laughs> that's not that's not true, Coach. That's not true, Coach. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I do remember when you was at uh, Virginia Tech, we played you guys. And uh, I had a. I, I wanted to ask you what was the scout report. You remember the scout report for that game? Because I had twenty nine. Twenty nine. Keep you out of the lane. I had twenty nine, so I don't think your team was listening. Wait, wait a second. Hey, full disclosure: that was all one year in the Big East. Just so we get this straight, now that was the only year that Virginia Tech ever went to the Big East tournament. That's true. Right, that was my first year in the league. We beat Rutgers, actually. In the Big East tournament, we swept John Beeline and West Virginia. We swept Georgetown. I mean, how much do you expect out of this? We started four freshmen. If you want taking those guys in, who are you going to kick? Yeah, that's that's true. You guys did. Those hold guys it. were good players. Yeah, you guys did hold it down in the Big East. I can't I can't lie about that. That was a fun team. That was Jamon Gordon, Zabin Dowdell, the Coleman Collins. All three of those guys were freshmen, and that, and actually that year was a good year before we went to the ACC. And playing, you know, at Villanova in, the, in that environment was really, really good for us. And uh, playing a, a tough physically, mentally uh, tough team was was really good for a young team like us. Like, you, you whooped our tails. We hung in there for a while. Yeah. We had a bad match. What can I say? Yeah. Let me let me ask you, Coach. Do you, do you think it's time now to prioritize a main basketball conference? Maybe two, three conferences, maybe? Like how they do in football, you think it think it's time for that time for a basketball realignment? That's a great question. Uh, here's what I think: I think football needs to break off. Mm-hmm. I think football needs to break off, be their own entity, because that's basically what they are with, with the college football championship. I mean, they're their own entity. Not everyone can play at that level. Villanova plays football, but it's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we can do that, and we've got to regionalize our sport a little. More this ridiculousness of Stanford Cal being in the ACC with SMU doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, USC and and UCLA going into the Big Ten doesn't make any sense to me. We need to we're losing real rivalries in our game, and uh, we've got to get back to having some semblance of a geographic footprint for colleges. You don't have to have that for football. You only play one game a week. Yeah, you know what? You fly, you play your game on Saturday, you come home Sunday. School starts Monday. You're in pretty good shape. You can go cross country. They do it all the time in non-conference games. College basketball, you're flying cross country. You're going to go two or three time zones away. You're playing two games. You come back. You have you're useless the next day. Number one, number two is what are you going to do with those non-revenue sports? You can fly them all across country, and then you know if you're one of those teams and you're going to California and you're going there every other week, it just doesn't make any sense. We've got to find a solution because the solution right now. And what we're doing right now is not sustainable. You could say it is, uh, but greed has come into play. There's no doubt about it. And then with NIL, uh, that's a factor because everyone's trying to find revenue screen, streams. And the greatest revenue stream is, in my opinion, obviously the, the television contracts. Let me ask you as a player, what do you think about this? If you were a great player, you obviously didn't get a chance to you know, make right. any on NIL, but how about the two exhibition games that we're all allowed to play? How about if those two games go towards NIL? So basically, they're not part of the season ticket that. All right, you get an outside group that comes in and does. Uh, you play one home, one away. You split all revenue. Uh, you market on the outside. You do some community service or some type of clinics uh, along with it, a reading program, whatever it is yeah. in the community you're going to. And then you raise money from those exhibition games and they get split after expenses amongst all, all of the participants the same amount for every single player not more for anyone else uh that would make sense what's going on now in terms of the way college basketball is divided and we're losing all these great 
rivalries because everyone's trying to join conferences to make the most money from the television contract. That doesn't make sense. So let me ask, what do you think you were worth in NIL back in the day, dude? Man, if, if if I was getting if they had NL back then, I'm I'm definitely top tier. I'm I'm getting I'm getting at least six hundred thousand for sure, six seven maybe more. With uh with with back then, but I you know we was pretty we was a really good team, and you know we had we had a lot of attention on us and everything like that. But uh, going back to what you said about the alignment, I mean I think that's one of the most talked about issues now is the travel. You know if we was to start a league. You know, let's just say for the Big East, for example, and let's say we had expanded that conference, you know, how a team's going to get all the way over to the West Coast. Like you said, it's not like football where you play once a week, then you have the time to rest all all week. Basketball, you playing, you might have two games that week. So it's pretty, it's, it's really difficult. And I like that idea you said about like, we got to start regionalizing it. Yeah, I just think I think that's the way to go, and and you know it's going to help the game because we need good rivalries. You know we're losing rivalries. I mean it's just it's 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 really real. Like how how can Maryland not be playing? I mean yeah, think about, you know you know the great rivalries in our game, and uh, and we're and we're losing them. Like I, I was thinking about this the other day. I mean you talk about UCLA, the great history of UCLA basketball. All right, the Pac-10 basically is almost is decimated. People ten kids ten years from now will not understand anything about the dominance of UCLA. John Wooden, Bill Walton, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, uh, and the history of the success that that program had, Walt Hazard in that group. So, you know, to me, we're losing some of the history of the game. Mm-hmm. And I think when you lose the history of the game, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure that's good for the game. I'm not saying like, well, the players last that back then and the players today. It has nothing to do with that. But there, there are a lot of people that have built bridges for others to cross. Uh, like, think about all the guys that played in the Northeast at, before the Big East. And then mm-hmm. the Big East came, and all of a sudden, look what that did to college basketball. I'll tell you, Big East was incredible what it did for college basketball. Why? Because you had great rivalries. You had building over St. John's, Connecticut, and Syracuse. You know, you had a geographic footprint. You can't have a great rivalry crossing three times. I'm sorry. You can't have that across the league. Yeah, that's, that's uh, right on the money, Coach. And I think you, you mentioned what, what the Big East did back in the day when they had, you know, Karnaseka and they had Roy, Roy Massimino and all these great personalities for coaches, like all, all of them. Behind back then. Great. Yeah. And now, now, now that with Cooley and Providence and, and, and kind of setting up a Providence-Georgetown type of rivalry, Patino's back, you have some younger coaches that have, still have something to prove, but these personalities are back in the Big East. You could talk uh, Dan Hurley from UConn as well. Do you think that what the Big East has done in, ter- in terms of t- being a, just a solely premier basketball conference in the entire country do you think that it has a chance to really become that the best basketball conference in the entire country just from starting from this year? Well, here's the thing. I, I don't look at basketball. The SEC is going to be good. The Big 12 is going to be good. The Big 10 is a good conference. There's good. That's what Big English is, good, is as good as any conference in college basketball. Uh, and what makes it really good is because of the geographic footprint. You know, now look, they've added a Creighton, and that that's a little bit of a travel. It's you know, it's a little bit different, but it ties into Marquette, so it's not all that bad. But uh, yeah, look, this is a conference. The Big East built on some great rivalries. Uh, it's built on tradition. It's built on great coaches. It's built on a basketball first mentality, and that basketball first mentality. What does that mean? That means all of a sudden you got great ownership, you got great passion, you got great enthusiasm, you got great competition. I still remember back in the day, it lasted about a month when we first went into the Big East when I was at Pitt as an assistant coach. Uh, coach Gavin had this great idea that the teams after they played would share a meal before the visiting team went off. I'm not sure if you remember this, Alan, but uh, mm. it was probably before you. It was definitely before you. Yeah. And uh, that lasted about two weeks because the kids were so intense. Guys were beating the crap out of each other. Guys did not want to say, you Literally, the first two weeks, you're in a room with the guys who just were trying to beat each other's brains. And the league was really, really physical. Well, that didn't work. But having said that, the DNA of the Big East 
is intact. Uh, physical, hard playing, great arenas, great ownership, great passion, terrific coaches, uh, a toughness about the league, a lot of city guards. You know me, I love city guards. Oh, yeah. Uh, guys that can go and make plays. So uh, I think the league is is as good as any conference in the country. It's been backed up, obviously, by the number of national championships, whether it's been going over Connecticut. Uh, it's a league that top to bottom. Uh, it really doesn't have any rocking chair games. I think you know, you're going to see St. John's is going to be good. Now, I'm just telling you, they're going to be good. DePaul's about the only one that's kind of hasn't been able to pick themselves up. But uh, games are games. I would say great leagues, games aren't games, they're events. And then the Big East games are events. So, Coach, just uh, really quick, I know you talked about how the DNA is intact and, you know, you have these these rivalries, old-school type of mentality with the Big East. If you could wave a magic wand and, and add a team or two, would you? Or do you just like it as is right now with the 11 teams in it? I kind of like it with with the teams that are in it. I'm like, could you could you grab a Dayton that would fit the the DNA? Great fan base, a great arena, and you know, great passion. You know, that that could be okay. Could you grab a St. Louis? I'm not sure they won enough, but they fit again the geographic footprint. Could you fit if you wanted to go to another public school, a VCU, that sells out every single night? Yeah, I don't know if you want to get that big. It's floating UConn. Let's face it. There's a com- commonality amongst all the schools uh, in the Big East. You know, UConn being the outlier, being a, a state university, but they fit right now, obviously, in the geographic footprint. So you, you can. The idea of Gonzaga joining the league, again, to me, would be great. But I mean, seriously, trips to Spokane? Really? Yeah. I just, it just doesn't make sense. So I would stay in that. Regional here. Here's my idea. Here's how crazy I I think the Big East and ACC should join join forces and be one great league, and obviously have some basketball only. You know, uh, you know, have the basketball only. You're not going to play everyone, but you can stay within your conferences. Have a certain number of crossover games. Add more rivalry games, uh, and and create this unbelievable mega, absolutely mega conference with great great basketball traditions. Uh, I think if you, if you talk about super conferences, why do super conferences, because that's just being created, all have to just be football generated. Right. Look at a lot of it has to do with the money. So the mm-hmm. basketball schools would maybe take much less of a a kickback off the finances in terms of the television contract because you can't tie them into the football television contract. But that would be finding a way to make that happen. Now, that would be a monster conference that would be to add to to basically the reputation of both conferences i'm i'm with you on that i I am all for uh one big power conference i think i think time is due for it but you know i'm not i'm not in control of this stuff but i'm I'm definitely with you on that one and since we're we're on the big east right now um can you give me your predictions for this year big east coming up who are your top teams going into this year yeah, Al, I'm I'm no different than everyone else. I mean, you, you, everyone's talking about the first, you know, like sort of top tier, tier one guys that have separated themselves a little bit. Obviously, you know, you got to have UConn. Uh, you know, you, even though they lost first round draft choice and and, and Andre Jackson and Thomas, you know, Scottie McClingan's going to be a beast. Uh, Caravan is a monster. Tristan Neal played so good in the tournament. Uh, Cam Spencer, the transfer for Rutgers, is going to be huge. Uh, they've got legitimate, legitimate depth, and although it's going to be young. And Stephen Picasso is going to be really good. Uh, solo uh, ball is going to be really good. Uh, Samson's going to be really good. Uh, so, look, I mean, you, they've got to be in the conversation. Marquette's got to be in the conversation. Tyler Kolick is the best passer in college basketball. I mean, they're just... I like him. No doubt about it. Cam Jones can score. Mitchell can defend. Also, Gadar is a really tough, good, solid front court player. It's really athletic. They've got that, but they didn't go into the portal. Mm-mm. Creighton's got to be in the conversation with Kalkburner and honestly, Trey Alexander's really, really good. Losing Nebhard hurts himself, but the Ashworth kid they got from Utah State is really good. They've got also depth in their front court. Uh, Baylor Scheidemann is a tough matchup because he plays four, they can play small. So you got those three, they've kind of separated themselves. You know, I think that, uh, you know, after that, 
you know, Xavier really got hurt with Jerome Hunter and Fremantle going down. They're going to be really, really young. They got an inexperienced but experienced backcourt, right? With with McKnight and the kid from Rice, uh, Oliveri, and and but they 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 could be good. I mean, I don't know if they're going to be great. I don't know if they're going to be mature enough. The you know the 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 X factor in your room is is St. John's to me. I mean, St. John's on paper with Rick Pitino coaching them. With Joel Soriano back, with Jordan Dingle, who I think is is going to be an absolute uh, monster, uh, you look at that roster, and then you see that you know Rick Wetton got the kid, uh, Sidney Wilcher, the kid who's still in North Carolina, you know, New yeah. York City guard, who like they have to do that, they have to keep some of those New York kids at home to play in the city style of play. I think is going to be conducive. Uh, you know, St. John's is is a factor. You know, I, I don't put him in the top tier. I don't I don't put Georgetown in that top tier. Uh, in, even in the second tier, they're probably at the bottom of that second tier. Providence is the bottom of that second tier. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I think that Kim will do a good job. But you know, let's face it, Kim was I think like I'm not mistaken, one game over 500 in late play. He got the Odoro kid coming in from George Mason, who's a nice player, obviously. The two guys, Stephen Carter and, and and Hopkins, I mean, those two guys are beasts. I mean, they went to the line 27 times a game last year, Providence. 27 times a game. I don't know if they have enough depth. I'm not sure. Again, you know, Kim has a great life. He, he worked for Tad Boyle. He worked for Rick Barnes. You know, he was a terrific player. Uh, but if they, the coaching in the Big East, I mean, every single night, you're playing against a great coach, a great coach, an experienced coach. Uh, so I think there's going to be a little bit of a, a transition period. I like Seton Hall's backcourt. I'm not mm-hmm. sure they have enough in their frontcourt. Alamir Dawes is very, very good. Tyler, because Dari Richmond is really, really good. Where's that frontcourt going to be? So I, I think the league has got legitimate, legitimate, legitimate depth. Uh I think the big question is going to be, there's going to be some teams emerging and there's going to be some players emerging, who those guys are. But I, I, I'd say five and six, five or six teams will get the dirt. At least. So, At least. So you, are you, I, I didn't hear anything about, about Villanova. <laughs> well, so. I know you were going to ask me about that. <laughs> yeah. So, I, you know, I, I got it. They go noble because I know that was, that has a, that's a category to sell. That's right. Do so you want to get to go little over there? Yeah, we, we got. To, I wasn't going to loop the rest of it. Well, I'm going to ask you a question. All right. Right? Let's do it. When I think about Villanova, I think about attitude. I think yep. about culture. I think about identity. Can you establish that identity bringing this many guys that were in other programs that really don't understand because the great thing about Bill Nova is and I know you know this coach right always talked about it you play for those who play before you can those guys in a short period of time and it has nothing to do with coach it has to just do with roster management you know there was always guys that kind of paid their dues learned what it was to be a Villanova basketball player learned what you did how you did it why you did it or invested in it, can those guys get invested in it in one year? Or is that just unrealistic in the in the culture of college basketball today? There you go. This 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 is a bit a question that I get a lot. I get I get this a lot and and and, and this is my answer. I, I feel like with the experience that Villanova has gotten out of the portal, that it will help a lot with these guys gelling and getting on, on track with each other for this year, but you are absolutely right about Villanova. Um, we have a culture and with this changing landscape of college basketball, it's getting harder and harder to, to keep that culture. So, yeah. you know, we, we have to, I, I say nowadays as a coach, or if you're ahead of a program, like you, you gotta just roll with the punches cause you never know what's going to happen with the transfer portal with guys being able to leave anytime they want. So I feel like now it's in a point where you have to roll with the punches. And I feel like Villanova rolled with the punches this year. We had we didn't have a great year last year, had a terrible year last year. Injuries. Injury yeah, injuries. 
you can you can say it's injuries, but it's it's definitely part of the game. And, you know, we couldn't really recover from that. But what I do like what Villanova did this year is they adapted. They went in the portal and they filled all the holes that they needed. Guys that are leaving. So we filled those holes. But now moving forward, the next question is, you know, and, and I had this question for you later on in the show, but I'm just going to to just get into it, get into it now. And I feel like with us having the year that we had last year and losing Coach Wright, it kind of took a hit on our culture because we haven't got any recruits for 2024 commitments coming in. So like you said, it's very – we got to be able to establish our culture – but it's very difficult now in a time like this. I feel like we've done a good job for this year, but it's not finished yet. We still got to look at what's going to happen next year after this season. Yeah, I think the hard thing, Alan, is is this. Uh, those recruits coming in right now, they're looking and saying, well, they struggled a little bit last year. I do think, I mean, look, it, it was a tough hand to be dealt. Uh, you know, you're talking about how the suggestion goes down, and mm-hmm. little more goes down, uh, new coaching staff, Pressure that goes along now with being get Villanova. Uh, big difference between being at Fordham and being at Villanova in terms of just the day to day, not the basketball, just you know the commitment that you have to make day to day at mm-hmm. Villanova and what it stands for. It is that possible today in the transfer portal NIL quick fix mentality college basketball coach. Whether people want to agree or not, we, it, it, NCAA is getting into semi-pro territory, you know, it, it, and it's becoming a business. And, you know, like you said, I remember when I was coming up, growing growing up, when picking my school, I chose it based on, like, the relationships I had with Coach Wright, with Coach Jones, with the guys who recruited me. You know, we built we built that relationship. And I wasn't coming in expecting money. I was coming in, I wanted to win. Um, There was no social media. I wasn't trying to be famous. Like I just wanted to play basketball and wanted to win. Now you got guys who coming in for the money. You got guys who want the fame and it's hard to separate and find the players who actually are playing because they love the game. And those are the players that you want to build your team around. Like, and, and, and it's going to be hard to find that nowadays. So I, I feel like it's still in the premature stages of trying to figure to figure this out and how to navigate this whole new landscape with basketball. And like I said, I said it, I, I feel like it's, it's semi-pro. And I like the moves that some of these teams are making by getting GMs. And I think with the GM position or whoever controls this position, this is how I feel you could be successful is you got to have somebody who's on top of all the business that goes on with the school. Now it's too much for the coaches, too much for the assistant coaches to just handle. They need to focus on basketball, getting the team team right. Now you got a GM or somebody in that position who's already ahead of everything. Like, let's just say, for example, you have a star player, you know, he's leaving next year. Right. So you have to account for him in the beginning of the season. I got to account for him. I know he's demanding a certain amount of money. And am I going into the portal after the season or am I going to try to get me a high level recruit? So I know the high level recruit is going to demand a certain amount of money. And I know if I go to the portal to replace this player, he's going to demand a certain amount of money. So I got to make sure I raise up enough money to be able to cover that, cover that aspect of my best player leaving. Then you got a situation, let's say you got it. This happens all the time. A player steps up and he starts playing good, has an unbelievable season. Now he's looking to get more money. Now as a GM, I got to understand that too. I got to have something in place for a situation like that. If one a, a kid just has an expectedly good year, do I want to keep him? How much do I need to keep him? Or can I replace him in a portal? Or can I replace them with, with recruiting? So I feel like you need somebody in your office handling those situations, staying on top of it. And that's how you can keep your school in a winning, like 
just having a winning tradition going forward based on how everything is going now. It's, yeah, it's, here's, here's, it's, here's the thing. You explained all that stuff, and I agree with you. I think we need contracts. I think we need two-year contracts. That way we mm-hmm. don't have guys going all over the place. But here's the thing. You mentioned all that stuff. That's great. And the money, the guy plays well. And, did this, did that, did that. and you know, that's based with, you know, Baker Dunley. That's, you know, one of his mm-hmm. jobs. A lot of schools do that. There's the one thing, you know, you know, the one thing you really, we we lost track, track of? Like, do these dudes want to make money and they want to win? I mean, like, where's winning in it then? Like, where, exactly. what, where, what's a guy willing to do? And, like, there's a guy going, well, if I get off and I get 20 a game, but we lose, that's okay because I get my money? Or, you know, maybe my role is just to check people, rebound the ball, be a ball mover, make sure it doesn't get stuck. Or maybe my job, you know, is to be a great screener. When people help, I can slip or post. Or maybe my job is to play off penetration, all right, and go off some penetration so I can get to the offensive glass. No one wants that because some of those guys say, hell, I'm not going to make the big money. So what the hell? Why, why, why would I want to do that? I want to be the dude. I'm not going to make So let me ask you this. How do you balance your locker room? You're a player right now. You're playing. All right? And, yeah. and you know, you were recruiting that is a, a big-time player. And, like, four guys next to you are making, I'll just pick a number, 400000 You're only making a hundred because, you know, you're the sixth man. You're coming off the bench. Uh How's that relationship with the dudes making for Well, college students is difficult, you know, for a professional, obviously, you know, that comes with the sport, but a college student, that's difficult. But I, I think that comes with the locker room and who who your leaders are in that, in that locker room. locker room. Yeah. Because that, that can't come from the coach. The coach can only do so much when it comes to that. It's, it's who's in the locker room, who's your leaders, who's controlling all of that everybody needs to be focused on the big picture. You know what I'm saying? And if you getting more money than someone else, it's not personal, it's business, but we still need you to come out here and, and handle what you handle. Cause if you don't like you put yourself in a bad position going forward. Talk about locker room. I, I've always said, Alan, that you're only as good as your locker room. And that's the mm-hmm. great thing about Villanova, which, which I've always thought about Villanova is that like, you know, let, let's face it and think about like, it's kind of been handed down. Arch, Jalen, you know, there's always been the next guy, you know, yourself. But you think about, like, you think about, like, you know, who, who the guys before you? Gary Buchanan, um, Derek Snowden. Uh, who the guards after you? Uh, Corey Fisher, um, Corey Stokes. Those who guys. the guards after that? Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Scotty Reynolds was after me, but then, yeah, yeah, those guys, they just, like you said, it's. And you guys hold each other count. Yeah, we, we definitely did. And especially in the locker room, you know, if, if somebody wasn't doing what they supposed to be doing, we, we would say something and it, and it's better hearing it from the players instead of hearing from the coach, you hear from the coach all the time. But when you hear, when you hear from your teammate, it sinks in a little bit more, you know, you feel like you're letting them down. And that next time you step out on the court, you wanna you wanna make it right. Yeah, player led teams are better than coach led teams. Mm-hmm. I agree really with as you. good as in locker room. And I mean, I you know, and again, I I I think that if we ever went to contracts, and it, it, there's a lot lot to the contract things, but if we ever went to contract, if we went to two year contract, we control the transfer portal, um, and then and all of a sudden that's out of the way. Real NIL will be a factor. So the words you get with your like this, this is not an NIL. Yeah. You can call it NIL if you want to. That's great. You can fool yourself. This is patient play. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So don't give me the NIL stuff. I mean, very few people make NIL. Mm-hmm. You know? You know, maybe like if you're at Kentucky or you know, the best player at Villanova or if you're at North Carolina or, you know, you're in a college town. You know. But you know, there yeah, there are people who make NIL. I mean, like, you know, uh, Johnny Manziel would have made NIL. You know, I mean, uh, the guy, the guy at USC, uh, Caleb uh, Williams, he's making NIL. But, like, everyone can't be an influence. You're an influence. It's like Oprah. You're an influence. 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 So, really, what it is, let's call what it is. Let's stop being Edison and call it what it is. All right? It's pay for play. Stop fooling ourselves. That's all I I got no problem with it. 
but we've got to find some rules, some regulations, uh, because people are tapping with other people's players, uh, and it, it, it's getting to the point it will not be sustainable. The other thing is, and I do think there's a mental or this everyone tells me, I'm out and I'll pay for play deal. And he thinks that just, well, that's, I'm, I'm going to be pro. Everyone thinks it's going to be pro. Everyone thinks mm-hmm. he's going to play the NBA. You know, everything's the right of passage. You know, I mean, since AAU, oh, you're going to play the NBA. He's going to be first draft. Every guy that puts his name in the pool, in, in, in for the draft picks are going to get drafted. Last time I checked, only 60 guys got drafted and only 40 Americans. Everyone doesn't get drafted. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, here's the deal. So, that guy's making 400 a year. That's a lot of money. After taxes, it's probably, you know, 275 or 300,000. He's not an NBA player. He's not even a two-way guy. He's making four hundred thousand. It's pretty good. He goes over to Europe. He's making seventy-five. And if he doesn't play well, he's getting sent home. And no one's kissing his ass. And if he's five minutes late to something, if he doesn't treat people the right way, he's getting sent home. What's the mental? We always talk about mental health. What's the mental health aspect of that? Yeah, he's not real. That that is a big reality. What you just said because. A lot of these guys in college are making more money than some of the rookies that's playing in Europe right now. And they get out of college, they don't make it to the NBA, and they go to Europe, and their contract is less than what they was making in college, like with, yeah. like what you said, your mental health. And they're not flying on charters. They're not staying mm-hmm. with Carlton's. They're not going to Borton's. Mm-hmm. They're not getting their meals, sitting in, the, in there for, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But I've, I've sat in those, those meals with coach. Coach Wright, that you guys brought in. And I mean, like, it's it's a different world. And that's just something, again, it's something I'm, I don't think a lot of people think about. And, and then the last thing is, when you were able to know education and graduation report. Yeah. Every day. Mm-hmm. Right? Do you hear anyone ever talk about education or graduation anymore? No. That's a good point. I haven't, I don't hear that at all. But we 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 hearing we looking at nil numbers or pay for play numbers, like you say, right? I mean, like and yet 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 in the end, like that's the one thing no one can take away from you. Yeah, you can get hurt, take away your game. You might not be good enough to play in the league. You might not fit play overseas because not everyone can fit. But like, I like I speak to guys. He used to have a guy on campus. He meet he meet the president. He meet the academic coordinator. These are the school that he might be majoring in he'd go to a class like i ask guys they go hey i get parents don't want to hear that they, they want to hear one thing how much and 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 so like we're losing our weight and now people say oh he's old no i'm not old school <laughs> i can coach I, let me tell you something i could right now go out coach i could raise myself a half million to a million dollars pay everyone the same thing Say, all right, everyone's make the same thing. Now I'm gonna coach your ass. Mm-hmm. And I'd have no problem. I'd have I'd have no problem. But here's the deal. For that, you're going to class every day, you're going to study all, all right, and you, you you're gonna be a student because you're gonna walk out of here with a chance to have a life action. And by the way, the other thing we're gonna teach you is how to develop relationships. You we're gonna make sure you find a mentor so that when you leave here and your basketball career is over. Someone will invest in you asking nothing else in return. Nothing else in return, but helping build a bridge for you to cross to be successful the rest of your life. Because that's really what's important. Yeah. And I agree with you, Coach. Um, This NIL and this transfer portal has to get regulated soon. Because without it, it's just the wild, wild west. Yeah, it is. Not worldwide west, but the wild, wild west. (laughs) Uh, Coach, you just got me fired up there uh, with your entire coaching strategy, and I absolutely agree with you in terms of being able to to do that and kind of take the 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 bull by the horns and be like, listen, this is how it's going to go. Everyone's going to get paid the same amount, and maybe maybe uh, I hope some coaches uh, out there can hear that and, and maybe put put it into practice at their own program because you know you think about guys like uh, you know the, the the four transfers that Villanova did get right. They they were like, okay. How can we get go out and get Villanova type guys to fit in this yeah. program and, and make it a seamless transition? And hey, that's that's where everybody's looking though. Everyone is looking for Villanova type guys who care about winning. Obviously, they got paid. You know, we we can't we don't want to get into, into specific numbers, but they all got a good chunk of change. And now it's like, okay, you're being asked to 
completely change your mindset from a, a Washington State, from a Maryland, from a Kentucky for Lance Ware, and and and, and love my man Lance for Bird. Oh, but th- these kids are legit, and they're they're just character guys. They're they're you know they're not ego guys. They're not me first; it's team first. And I think that that Coach Neptune and the entire staff realized that and was like, all right, we're going to go ahead and, and, and go all in and take a chance on these guys. So I, I, I totally agree with what, you, what you're what you saying about, like, oh, is there, you're asking a lot for them to, to learn the Villanova culture like that. And I think that they are like almost like the guinea pigs for if Villanova's culture is going to be able to last through what the NIL transfer portal mentality has completely – you know, topsy-turvy, twisted up the, the college basketball landscape on his head. And, I mean, I, obviously, Alan and I, we talked about this over the last few months. We have faith in these guys. But just if you really think about it, like, it's it, this is like an experiment. And if it's, it's it, is. it can be done now. It's being done in football. People think it's crazy. I'm, I'm going to throw you something really crazy. You know where it's being done in football? Colorado. Colorado. And Let's get into it. Because that dude's not afraid to coach his team. Right. See, that like everyone gets, you know, coach prime and glasses and the hat and all of that. Let me tell you something. That's great. Because he's he's unique in, in, in who he is. But that dude's an old school coach. Mm-hmm. What does he talk about? He created a vision, set a standard, holds guys to the standard, coaches his guys hard. See, I think too many times we got guys are afraid to coach their teams because they worry about the, the portal. If a guy doesn't want to allow you to coach them hard, a, number one, you don't have a relationship with him. And B, he can't help you win because he can't help you win if he doesn't get better. I look at this Colorado thing, I get a kick out of everyone losing their minds about it. Hey, that guy coaches his team. Uh, he he has a vision. He's created an energy and a passion and an ownership. He's recruited guys that have bought in to each other and their roles and winning. You can tell, and, and and Al, you know this, man. Like, you win the games you're supposed to win with talent. Mm-hmm. To win the games you need to win, you got to be playing for your teammates. You got to be playing for your head coach. Yeah, for sure. That that way you football. And that's where I've seen Colorado football. So, like, like if I, the last part of my, 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 my thing that I, I said, what I would do is I'd coach my guys every day, every single day. And I'd hold him accountable to school and being a good every single day. And I think we need more of that. And then their guys said, look, Tom Izzo does it. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, John Calvary does it. People don't understand how hard he coaches those guys. All right? Coach Wright did it every single day with you guys. Yeah. You know, and, and just coach your team, man. Coach your team. It's it's hard nowadays with this younger generation. They They – they can't handle that, you know. They can't handle that tough talk. They can't handle that criticism, and a lot of a lot of kids break down now. They they, they couldn't last criticism. Yeah, but you know what? Here's the deal: you recruit them and say, "I'm gonna coach you hard, and I'm gonna love you just as hard, and we're gonna be in this thing together." But I'm not gonna enable you. Mm-hmm. Then you know, again, you know, we got all a little bit off, but I I think that's. That's the essence of coaching. There are certain things that are the essence of coaching. The essence of coaching is put, putting together a system that fits your personnel, putting guys in position to play to their strengths, all right, and then making sure that your team is the hardest playing, toughest team, and then making sure that you put those guys in position not only to help win you games, but help to be successful in life. Yeah. That, to me, is the essence of coaching. That's what Coach Wright did. And you guys, I'm sure that's what Coach Neptune is trying to do. That's what good coaches do. Yeah, definitely. And Coach Wright was definitely like that. Um, real tough on the court, but off the court was like a father figure to all of us. And, you know, we understood. Coming in as freshmen, we didn't understood, understand, but he did a great job of getting us to understand that He's pushing us this hard because he wants us to be good and he knows the type of potential we have, not because he don't like us. You know, we're inner city kids. I'm an inner city kid. I come from the Bronx. Like, if anybody talk to me crazy, I'm I'm ready to, like, turn up. You know what I'm saying? But I had to understand, like, Coach Wright is not – like, he's doing this because he sees the potential in me and he sees 
how good I can be as long as with the team as well. So he got, he did a good job of putting that into our minds and understanding like he's doing this because we're going to be a good team. Yeah. Like this going to help us be good. That's what it's all about, man. That to me, that's what, that's to me, that's what it's all about. And, and then, you know, when you're done playing, mm -hmm. you're done playing. Uh, I think it's important that coaches are there for their players, which yeah. that's, I think a great thing about Villanova. I mean, like just Villanova in general has got a great, you know, feel to it, I guess, is, is to where just the people. There's a, there's a great sense of community at that place, which is, you know, it's big enough, but it's small enough. You know, in terms of campus, is beautiful. So I, I think there are a lot of good things. I, I think they're going to be good this year. I, I really do. Yeah. I think they're going to be good this year. And I think my man, George, is going to have a good year. Oh, yeah, Big yes. George. Big now, George. I, I agree. I think, I think Nova's going to be good. Um, I think they're going to play well together. I'm happy that they got a lot of um, experience coming in, along with some of the guys that was already there. Justin Moore, Eric Dixon, I'm looking forward to that that yeah, tandem this year. Like, like you said, Mark Armstrong, one of my other faves. I'm ready for him to make that leap. Um, Jordan Longino is going to be back, healthy, playing. I'm, I'm really excited for these guys this year, and I think there's going to be they're going to finish top top in the Big East, top four. All right, I like it. I like it. Yeah, Coach. Uh, I, I think um, if, if you you talk about Marquette, UConn, Creighton, that is the class of the Big East right now. Then you say second tier, St. John's. You, you, I don't know about Xavier. I have to go over to second tier. Relax. But I just, <laughs> held them. I held them aside because I knew you guys wanted to talk about. I mean, no. the show is your guys' show. I mean, I understand. But that's the one we're going to go to the whole team. Oh, Listen, I just so. like I like talking basketball, you know, Villanova basketball. But it, it's fun talking to you right now too. Just getting to 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 hear you talk about back in the days and getting inside your head as a coach. Because I always always thought about that. Always wondered. I love talking to coaches and just just seeing their mind and how they how they thought. So I'm 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 happy with what we talking about. <laughs> Yeah. You guys need anything else for me? Yeah, Coach, I uh, just wanted to ask one last thing. Uh, you beat four number one ranked teams as a head coach, whether it be at Long Beach State, USF, and uh, Virginia Tech. But what was your favorite memory of, of beating those those four teams? First of all, all four of them were on the road. How crazy is that? That's nuts. Damn. Dean Dome, Cameron. The Fog. The Fog, and then Joel Coliseum. No, 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 no. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't love them at all because you know, you guys know. I mean, when you get a chance to show the type of experience with your team that invested so much in it uh, and seen the real so the Kansas win at Kansas, we lost the game before. We flew from the West Coast to the East Coast, played Richmond on a Saturday noontime game. We played. A Thursday night game, we flew. We were supposed to fly um, right after that game to on a red eye. It got canceled. We ended up, basically we ended up landing Saturday at like nine o'clock. Played the game at which uh, against uh, against VCU. They beat us by a hundred. <laughs> we got on a plane. We flew to Lawrence. They were number one in the country. We practiced their asses. And I mean, we come out, we 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 kicked their tails. I mean, we we never trailed in the game. Uh, we beat them by sixteen, so that was cool that our team responded. You know, you always want to see how your teams will respond. So that was fun. Uh, the Duke game was was a game where the year before we lost on a half court shot. I don't know if you guys remember that. Uh, we led the game. It was yep. one point one seconds left. They made it one point six seconds left. That just happens to do one of those things. <laughs> and, and and they threw a shot at from half court. So that was great because it was a payback. Right, right. And again, totally. you know, in North Carolina about two weeks later. Uh, but we beat we beat Duke in overtime that game. We then played North Carolina in a big time game. Zayden Nadell, Jamon Gordon. Eighty beside those guys, great game. And uh, Javad, I, th I mean Xavier, I think had thirty three against them, and we beat them in overtime. They ended up going to the Final Four, uh, and then we 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 
whooped the crap out of uh, out of uh, Wake Forest. We played. We really played well that night. So, like, you know, things I remember. I remember being in locker with those guys after those wins. You know, I, I, there are things in the game I remember. I remember certain decisions we made, but but I, I you know, like the 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 Duke one probably had more significance in that the year before it I could see the hurt in our guys paces because we had Duke beat our first year in the ACC we beat Duke with JJ Reddick then the next year we had him beat and they threw a shot in and it was just I mean you know it's a hard thing to you know uh, you know looking to your guys knowing how hard they played how much you were invested in it Mm-hmm. So all real special. I, I look. I was fortunate that the coach had great dudes. I mean, I, I mean, I had I had good players. Whether it was Davell or Gordon or Malcolm Delaney or well, anyway, back in the day, I had my guys. My guys at Pitt, you know, Clyde Vaughn and George Allen and Andre Williams and uh, you know, Long Beach State had Brian Russell, Lucius Harris, and you know, I, I had really good players, really good guys, and that's what you miss when you're not coaching. Like I love what yeah. I do, and I've gotten very fortunate to do it. But I don't get back in anyone's life, you know. I mean, many of the gamblers, but you know, <laughs> those guys are my, those guys are my guys. I mean, Rasul Salah and Dean way back in the days, my birdie guy. But uh, so I mean, I'm riding. You know, I've been really, really fortunate. I've been fortunate uh, to do what I do, and now I do do now, even though it's different. I work with people. Uh, whether it's our producers, our directors, our research people, uh, I, I'm part of a really good team. Because when you when you do what I'm doing now, all they want you to do is have a good show. Mm-hmm. I'm just talking ball. I got, I'm like you, you know. You want to talk ball? Yeah. I can talk ball all night. Yeah. <laughs> people, the pe- the people behind it make our make what we do so special. Because uh, we have amazing, amazing, amazing people behind us and helping us do what we do on television. Yeah, good coach. Just uh, an absolute pleasure to have you on. It's been a great conversation. Uh, you and Islanders were really guys. You guys were went next level there a couple of times, and I was I was just sat back and enjoyed the show because that was incredible. So, coach, you know, thanks so cool. much. Always a lot of respect for you guys. And Al's one of my, you know, he played the game the right way. He was competitive as all hell, and I've always been a fan. And uh, you know, Coach Wright, like I say, he's. Uh, I got so many. He let, he looked after my girl Jackie G when she was at Villanova, as only Coach Wright can do, checking in with her. Uh, so uh, great feelings for Villanova and everything it stands for. Thanks, thanks, Coach. Thanks so much. Thanks for the good words. Have a good one. Stay well. Let me out. Let me know. Seth Greenberg, everyone. Hey Ray. I mean that was. That was intense there. He was really getting into it, talking NIL, pay-for-play type of stuff. We got our Big East predictions from him as well. He likes he likes chalk, right? But yeah, he definitely gives gives Nova a chance to be in that second tier and, and possibly move up if everything goes according to plan with the transfers and everything. So uh, some great conversation. Really appreciate uh, Coach uh, Seth Greenberg jumping on the program with us. Um, you know, always a, a pleasure to have guests on Rain and Threes and our first analyst, A-Ray, and I, I would yeah. say he analyzed the crap out of uh, the entire <laughs> college basketball landscape there, man. No, he definitely did. It was uh, great having him on there and uh, getting to hear his thoughts. When he was talking about the Big East and after he finished, I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. I didn't I didn't hear Villanova. Like, <laughs> I, I, had to, I had to go back to that, but... um. He 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 basically said, you know, he thinks Villanova will be good this year, and uh, he did that on purpose for all you people out there who can't catch a joke. You know, he 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 believes he thinks Nova's gonna be pretty good. All right, so, but um, he he touched on the one thing that everybody always touch on, which I guess right now is just the main concern with Villanova is can they gel, and can they mesh, and can they fit together. And I'm going to stand by with what I said and what CG said, what Mano said about that experience is going to come in and, and help a lot with that transition. Yeah, no, you hit the nail right on the head. And I, I agree with uh, what Coach said about how hard it is to achieve 
that Villanova culture, that mindset, that winning uh, attitude that you have to have uh, trumps everything successful. It does. And yeah, and I, I think it was almost like he was throwing some serious respect on what Coach Wright, what you guys built there, mm-hmm. like in, just in the last 20 years. And I, I think it's it's pretty cool to have him say, like, listen, you can't just, like, kind of flip the switch and expect it to, to happen in, in one year. So I, I, I really think that he, he's saying, like, listen, like, it, it, it's not easy. It's a hard thing to to really achieve and, and get to. It's It, it takes time. You, you have to sit behind the guys in front of you and watch them, you know, set the example and lead and, and, and show you how to win and, and build that mindset and, and grow. you have to grow as a person, not just a player, as a teammate, as a student. I, I really think that was, a, 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 he put it in, in a perfect light in terms of how difficult it is to really achieve that. And I think it's like, he's almost like, co- coach was like, okay, guys, like, I know you guys did well in the portal, but it's not, easy for these kids to come from Washington State, Maryland, Richmond, and even Kentucky for Lance to to just be able to to, to get jump right into the Villanova mindset and and be able to be on the same page as everyone else. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's it was cool to hear that. It was also a reminder of the issue that everyone likes to bring up and likes to ask you, A Ray, all the time, can they gel? And you see I, I completely agree with you. I'm gonna listen to what Colin and, and Mano said on Rain and Three, right? Yeah. I think what they said is not you – know, I don't think they're just pumping this team up for no reason. If they really believed that they couldn't do it, I think they would sell us straight up. I think they'd be like, I don't know. It's going to be really hard for them to do it. Like, we'll see kind of thing. Versus yeah. them actually seeing it in person when they were at the Davis Center, practicing with these guys, watching them scrimmage, whatever it may be, at when they're going to summer league. And now hearing uh, what, what, what Seth Greenberg had to say, I mean, it's like it, it, Villanova – the mindset, the culture, the attitude is, you know, held to the highest of standards. And it is certainly not an easy thing to accomplish, but I, I am right there with you, A-Ray. I am sticking to our to our word, to our, all of our hopes and dreams of the fact that these three, four transfers, you know, Lance might be a little bit less of a role in terms of like coming off the bench and, and helping yeah. us out there. But in terms of TJ, Tyler, and Hakeem, I I believe that they're they're bought in. I believe that they're, they're gelling with the rest of the guys with Justin, Eric, Mark, Brendan. You know, I, I believe in it, and I think that they did pick the right type of guys that aren't ego guys, as Colin said, and are team first, not me first. Yeah, um, you already know how I feel. I just feel like keeping the culture. I think we could do we could do a good job of keeping the culture. I don't think the Villanova culture is gonna go anywhere, but some systems gotta change. Cause obviously college basketball is changing. So some systems gotta change. Like for instance, like with recruiting, you gotta go about it a different way as opposed to how you was going about it a few years ago before pay for play came about. You know what I'm saying? So that's just that's the only thing for me that uh, I just want to see Villanova create or kind of put a stamp on, like creating this new system in this new college basketball era that we're in because it has to be done. You know, the, I feel like the coach is going to be there. Everybody knows when you talk to the coach, coming to Villanova, you're getting recruited by them. Everybody knows the coach, we're telling you straight off the jump, you got to play with play with heart, attitude, all of the basics. If you're not bought into that, then you need to find another school. So that culture, I think, will remain the same. Just got to change up different systems when it comes to this new college basketball and wherever it's direction it, it's going to go in the next few years or whatever the case may be. That's right. And Alan, I, you, you mentioned it before when we were talking with Coach the the mentality the mental health aspect of things is huge but also like the, the just the mentality of the younger generation and don't get me wrong i think me and our guy behind the glass uh slick nick we're we're in that younger generation but i think we're kind of like more so on the cusp there's mm-hmm. like you know met my like younger brother who's like still in college whatever you know he's still like a teenager yeah. where like you know a lot of people that age are 
are maybe you know more concerned with social media and 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 having those followers and that that those are the kids that are are being recruited now to play college basketball, not just college basketball, but college sports in general. It's yep. like you know they want to get their their get their bread. They want to you know post about all their their NIL deals with the different brands on their socials. Mm-hmm. They want to and, and they don't want to hear from any authority figure about what they're doing is wrong. They they it's all about you know how can what you know what can I do to make myself a brand? What can I do to make myself stand out and get that paper? Because I mean that's what it comes down to. And you know who who knows? Coach said it. You said it. Everyone knows it. Not many players go from college to the NBA. Like you know, some some sometimes you get lucky and you're able to to catch on in in Europe, play in some other leagues, make make your money that way, and have a successful year like you did. Yeah, like you obviously had a touch of the NBA as well when you play with Boston. You're like, uh, I'm gonna get paid more in Europe. I'm gonna go do my thing over there and 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 absolutely kill it, and which is what you did. But not, it's not gonna happen for everybody. And I feel like people are almost like, I need to cash in now. When the opportunity arises, I need to make my bread and make my my imprint and build a following and this that the other thing, and I think that's I don't I don't I wouldn't say it's 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 a it's a wrong mentality to have for what the younger generation has, yeah. but they, they can't be as you know soft or like you know uh, sensitive to uh, what a good coach or a program is asking for, and what yeah. they're asking for is not to put yourself first all the time. You got to put the team first. And you got to care about winning, not just yourself making money, you know, building a brand, getting your followers up, that kind of thing. No, you, you came here to play on a team, and you, and that team's goal is to win, win games, win, you know, you know, cut down nets and hang banners. That's that's the that is the goal. That's what should be the goal. It always has been the goal. With the, with the NIL, the paper play, it's changing things up and it's turning it on set. Yeah, it definitely is. But unfortunately, we got to figure out a way of like how we're going to navigate it and become successful, just like we did in the last era of uh, college basketball. But uh, it was it was definitely great having uh, Seth Greenberg on here today. That was that was big time. Um, he's a well known analyst. Everybody knows him. Obviously, we played against um, played against him my sophomore year. Right. Yeah, we played against them, so pretty familiar, familiar with him. Um, overall, I think it was great, great talk. Learned a lot. Got to hear what he had to say. Very interesting things he got to say about college basketball and, and NIL. And hopefully, I get to pick his his brain a little bit more in the future about it. Yeah, no, absolutely, A. Ray. Would love to have uh, Coach back on the program once again. And I think. Uh, just based on how great it went tonight, I, I can't. I don't see why he wouldn't want to come back on with us. So, um, it, it was an absolute pleasure. And shout out to to Coach Seth Greenberg. I loved how he gave uh, credit to all the the guys behind the scenes putting in their work at ESPN as well. I thought that was really cool, and it, it shows what how great of a guy uh, Coach is. And 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 I think a great reason and as to why he and Coach Wright get along so well. Yeah. Um, but you told me you don't like ESPN because they don't play our games. That's right. I, I actually did want to bring up to him because the 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 Big East contract with Fox is running out. A Ray, we only got two more seasons. So I did I did mean to ask that to to Coach. Well, I guess I'll have to reach back out and see what he says about that because I I don't see why uh, why ESPN wouldn't want to get the Big East back in the fold if, they, yeah. if they're going to be the the one of the premier college basketball conferences. You know, why wouldn't you want the Big East back, you know? I think people are getting tired of that Fox Sports app, to be honest with you, because I know I am. Yeah, it's not it's not great. Uh, I'll be the first to, to say that as well. Uh, it is constantly causing me problems whenever I try to watch games, you know, stream games, whatever it is, uh, mobily or just on my laptop or I'm hooking it up on my Xbox, on my smart TV, <laughs> any possible. Yeah way you try to watch it on the fox sports app it's gonna give you problems i mean that's what it is it is it is hopefully we get that espn deal get back to <laughs> back to them days <laughs> well that's hey man i was back when when you were you were playing you guys were all over espn i mean i was for sure was the life that was the life as i mean as a kid watching you guys and it was the easiest thing ever just to, to throw on espn because you guys were always 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 on exactly so, 
and I don't got nothing to show for it now. No NIL, no nothing. <laughs> like this is crazy. Yeah. Hey, how about how about we make a game and see March Madness bring that game back out? I used well, to play it. I used to play that all the time. You know, to bring it yeah. back. Yeah, we should play each other in that. That'd be fun, man. I I'll give you that work, bro. Because I used to I used to play that like religiously. Now nah, you can't play two Villanova teams versus two Villanova versus a Villanova team. You yeah. got to pick somebody else. We have to be. Uh, you you or or I could play with my school. Or I could play with my class, and you could play with another class. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah, well, that would be. If we could somehow do that. I mean, yeah. They got to make that game again. I would definitely do that. Yeah, I mean, the last time, the last game, I think it was what, 2010, and that was with, uh, was that with Kevin Love on the cover? Mm. Or maybe I that was remember. Uh, Blake Griffin, and then KD was on it. Uh, so it was Blake Griffin in 2010. I remember the KD. Kevin Love, Kevin Love 09, and then 2008 was KD. With I remember Texas. that one. So maybe we'll... I don't know. We got we got to figure out how we're gonna do that, A Ray. I got a yeah. couple. Of those, I got a couple of those discs. I gotta see if they still work. But um, yeah, we gotta make that happen. All right. Yeah, we definitely do. Um, EA Sports gotta make it happen too. Yeah. We need a, We need a newer version where they got the '84 team. Yeah, they got the classic teams. Yeah, we ain't winning national championship, but you gotta put us in there. The, you gotta put our '06 team in there. Thank oh. you. <laughs> Nah, that's that's got to be a lock with the uh, you know you Kyle Randy Mike that team is too good to leave off the the classic list of Nova teams. So yeah, we'll 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 write a letter to EA. Hopefully they hopefully some EA guys listen to Rain and Threes. We'll see. But uh, but hey Ray, I know who is listening to Rain and Threes right now. Shout out to uh, my guy David Clark and the rest of his uh, his boys his Army boys down in Fort Cavazos, Texas. Uh, they are big time supporters of the podcast, and uh, I know for a fact once the the merch gets delivered, I'm still waiting on all these hats and whole yeah. loads of shirts to get delivered. Hey Ray, oh I I got I got a look at one today, and just in terms of a picture from mm-hmm. uh, the the guy I'm, I'm I'm making a deal with to get ourselves this merch. You're gonna like this, man. I'm yeah. telling you, you are gonna. I be can't wait. Because the hat the hat is great. I but, love that. Uh, I, I'm gonna send. I gotta send down a box of. T-shirts and hats and polos to those boys down at Fort Cavazos because you just gotta love hearing the the support from from all corners of the country, a Ray, especially our countrymen in the army. I mean, that's it's phenomenal. Yeah, that's definitely big. Just hearing that people uh, even listening to the podcast is big. Going into something like this, you know, that's one thing you always worry about: is anybody gonna listen? <laughs> anybody gonna pay attention? So it, it's good to hear that kind of feedback. Hear that people's um, listening to it, you know, going on YouTube, seeing the views and, and things like that. It's, it's great. And I also want to say thank you to you and Nick, man, you guys do a lot behind the scenes that a lot of people don't know about. So I just definitely want to thank you guys for, for like making this happen too. Ah, yes, sir, man. I mean, the pleasure is ours. Uh, it it was, I remember you put out a tweet, Hey Ray, you're like, I've been looking at, uh, some, some, some offers some people reaching out, doing podcasts. And uh, I was talking with my roommates in our group chat, and I was like, I got to at least shoot A-Ray a DM or something to see what's yeah. what. And uh, we jumped on the phone, man, and the rest is history. So really, uh, I could not be happier about where we are right now, just a few months into this this Rain in Threes podcast. Uh, it, it's been an absolute blast, and I think it's only up from here, my friend. For sure. And like I always say, just got to keep on building from here and just keep going up. Yeah, no, absolutely, and and shout out to our guy, uh, Slick Nick, behind the scenes. Like you said, he does a lot for us, and he actually just got a new job working mm-hmm. uh, for a little, uh, you know, crime and law uh, production company. So there, he's dialed in there. He was looking at the YNW Melly trial today. His first day of work was was Monday, so he he's been dialed in for us. And <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be great to hear uh, his his law and order takes because. I know we're, we're we're certainly gonna get big into that. Maybe maybe we'll have a a rain in three segment just dedicated to to, to crime and criminology. <laughs> Man, listen, Mike Nardi was my roommate in college. Yeah, and all I heard was ding ding <laughs> ding ding every time I walked past his, his room. Ding ding, right. watching Law and Order all the time. So now all of a sudden, 
I don't know, the last few months, like my wife watches this now. Right. Like all I hear now in the house is doom doom. Dun, like dun. flashbacks. Yeah, it just reminds me of Mike Nardi. I'm like, babe, this is reminding me of Mike Nardi. She's like, why are you thinking about Mike? PTSD. PTSD from the Law and Order. <laughs> yeah, it's not like how you think. Just he used to watch this all the time. That's what it is. Yeah, it's like my dad watching X Files all the time. I feel like that was like imprinted on my brain when I was a child. Now I have this like obsession with like aliens, dude. It's not. It's not great. It's not healthy. My mom's watched that X Files all the time. It's creepy, man. <laughs> I used to watch that all the time. Oh yeah, no, it's there's some creepy episodes in there, man. I'm not, no, that's no joke. Yeah, uh, but hey, always a pleasure. Hey Ray, uh, we're gonna have to do it again soon. I think I am going to see you next week for the golf outing. Yeah. For Randy's golf, I mean that would be uh, phenomenal. I got to make that happen. Are you still flying up for that? Yeah, as things look right now, I'm still gonna be going there. But you know, I'll let you. I'll let you know. Well, yeah, you got a busy schedule, man. You're always things are happening around uh, around you, man. So just hopefully it works out. We'll see. But uh, but yeah, man, look really looking forward to uh, to hopefully making that happen. And and what a great episode this was. Shout out to to Seth Greenberg from ESPN, the former head coach, Virginia Tech. South Florida and Long Beach State really came on here and was spitting some straight knowledge uh, about the Big East, about uh, NIL, the, the college basketball landscape. It was just a, a tremendous episode, and we hopefully all of you guys out there enjoyed it as much as we did. Uh, yes, definitely. Hope you guys enjoyed this. It was a great episode. Got a lot of knowledge from uh, Seth Greenberg, and it was good catching up with him, seeing him again. The last time I talked to him was probably before that game so it was right. just good getting getting to talk to him and like seeing him on tv and everything we just had a espn analyst on here on this show so i'm going to sleep happy <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah come on and uh you know more more to come hey ray gotta love having these guests on jermaine colin and now uh coach greenberg they've all done an awesome job and really uh really just thankful that they were able to take the time out for us you know what i mean for sure thanks thanks for coming on the show and Nova Nation, you got another one. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, with Alan Ray, I'm your host, Mike O'Connell. Thank you guys all so much for listening to Rain and Threes. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace out.